0: Welcome to Milkman Sports, delivered fresh, daily, with your hosts, Casey Avila
1: and Derek Deruder. Welcome to Milkman Sports, everyone. My name is Casey, and I am here with Garrett and Cannon for Red tonight. We are here to go over the last six games of the week one schedule so this is all your afternoon games and evening games and unfortunately we have to review yesterday's thursday night football game where my los angeles rams lost to the buffalo bills 31 to 10 before we jump into that though uh canon you're the uh you're the guest on here right now what's up man
2: what's up man happy to be uh filling in i mean uh filling in for red um and uh just ready to talk some fantasy football baby
1: I know you are. You're in like what'd you say, thirty six leagues, or when we were chatting a minute ago. So 36,
2: we, don't tell my wife that. Okay, she has <laughs> four. Put on the down low. <laughs> eh? yes. um, four thirty six. They're both numbers. Right? You, might, you
1: might want her to not listen to this episode, Cannon. I, I doubt she's a regular listener. But uh, if she happens to we'll bleep here, it out. Yeah, we'll bleep it uh, out. Yeah. She actually I
2: started idea. playing. I was very upset last night with Cam Akers. So.
0: Oh yeah. She's Please. not the only one. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, I was say, Garrett, did you have camp makers on uh, in your teams last night? or
0: <laughs> What? Is that a joke or hell no? <laughs> uh, no, no I, I, I didn't, me and you I'm... have been preaching the same thing all year long, you know, uh, coming into we kind of threw it was going to be 50 or we thought it was going to be 50-50 and it wasn't even close to that. So I guess we were both wrong.
1: Yeah, we said committee base, committee base. So shy away from Akers, take Henderson as like a value guy because he was going in like the running back 41 or 46 or something ridiculous. Yeah. So we were preaching the value, but no one was saying to put Henderson out there week one. I think I might maybe mentioned him as like a low end flex, um, but he ended up, he still didn't end up scoring a lot of points, but the usage was, uh, Was alarming, like for a Cam Akers' owner. He he got three carries, didn't literally didn't do anything with them. Zero yards, Um, no catches, no nothing. He was barely on the field. Uh, In his defense, the offensive line off was awful last night, so
0: it was hard for him to do anything with his touches. But like you said, he wasn't on the field much anyway, so volume speaks.
1: Yeah, I think that I think Henderson finished with like 18 touches. I think it was 13 carries and five uh, five targets. Caught all five of them. He just didn't get a chance to do a whole lot. And against that Buffalo defense, you kind of expect that this is one of the worst matchups of the year for the Rams. So, um, but the Henderson usage was surprising. If for some reason he's sitting on your league waiver wire because everyone thought Akers was going to be the guy, he's like a huge buy right now. And uh, just another little a cherry on top for that i guess it's not really a cherry on top it's probably not a good way to describe someone getting hurt but kyron williams, yeah that was the fucked third up. back yeah the third back i'm just saying like if you're a daryl henderson owner even more reason why you're gonna you know play this guy next week is yeah kyron williams got hurt it looks like he was on special teams i didn't see him get hurt on offense and he is having ankle surgery and i think he said he's out four to eight weeks so um He he probably wasn't going to be like someone he's more of like a dynasty stash, probably not going to be like anything relevant, but he did have an opportunity to eat into snaps for both of the running backs ahead of him. So I don't know with now just those two guys, maybe they use acres a little bit more. I don't know. It seemed like they were committed to just using two running backs yesterday. Anyway, Um, I'd say Henderson's a good pickup. Yeah. Quickly uh,
0: to the receivers there. How do you feel about uh, the receivers?
1: Well, Stafford, I mean, Cooper and, yeah, I was like, yeah, he left off Stafford had a rough day, but yeah, Cooper Cub had a you know, this could end up being a number to top three fantasy week from a wide receiver. He certainly, uh, you know, like you just said, picking up where he's le- leaving off from last year. So yeah, Stafford though, that was concerning, man. Like, you know, he's playing a good against a good defense, but the, just the fact that he only targeted Allen Robinson twice, You know, Ben Skoranek got six targets. That was kind of surprising. Tutu Atwell only got one. Tyler Higby got 11, Um, only caught five for 39. So uh, I don't know, man. This was a weird first week, but I'm just going to chalk it up to uh, first game jitters. And like you mentioned, Garrett, the offensive line. So they're already replacing Andrew Whitworth, their left tackle. He's a potential Hall of Famer. Uh, you know they're replacing their starting right guard Austin Corbett, who signed a big deal with the Panthers. And then during the game, their center got hurt, and then you know their right guard's now playing center. Got back a backup at right guard. Even Joseph Nopum, the left tackle's dealing with a mild knee injury. So yeah, they're a little banged up right now. I'm I'm going to chalk it up to the Bills just being an excellent, having an excellent defensive performance. Uh, because the Rams' defense was good, but offensively, is, which is what we care about in fantasy, obviously, the only thing to really gleam out of this is, like, maybe Ben Skaronic's the number three receiver over 2-2 Atwell. I guess Van Jefferson's coming back. He'll be, you know, right around the corner. And I would say this feels like a fluky performance from Allen Robinson. Two targets. I think they'll he caught one for 12 yards, and then the next time he got a target was on that fourth down red zone attempt at the very end of the game that wasn't even close. So, um it feels like they're paying him a lot of money. They have always had the number two receiver involved a lot. I think Robert Woods last year did not have a great week one, too, when he was with the Rams. So uh, I'm, again, chalking this up to a better defensive performance by the Bills than anything.
0: Flip it to the other side, and you got the other receivers that uh, lit you guys up. Jalen Ramsey left off uh, where he left off last year, getting burned. Yeah, he sure did as
2: well. Yeah, he looked ugly that game. He Stefan Diggs was definitely uh, chewing him up and spitting him out
1: yeah i think that it said they said ramsey allowed like a perfect passer rating yesterday when he was targeted like six Oof. catches for 100 some yards and a touchdown that's pretty awful uh he did not have a great super bowl either so i hope this is not a trend and and it's just a, a weird little little uh, slump he's going through but yeah he let Diggs just you know eight catches 122 and a touchdown he uh, wasn't 100 percent responsible for all that, but he was responsible for that big touchdown. He's responsible for you for a few other plays. Uh, which one of you was was, was were either of you high on Gabe Davis? Because I gotta say, so red far,
2: take that victory lap. Yeah. yeah, I'm also high on Gabe Davis, and uh, yeah. he has rewarded Week One. I really think that he's gonna be uh, a solid wide receiver too this year and put up similar stats to what he did on uh, Thursday.
1: You think he could be like a, like a T Higgins kind of receiver or I I
2: do. I do think he's right there in that range of of T Higgins easily.
1: Mm, Still a little rich for me. Like I'd like to see a little bit more five targets. He's efficient with them He caught the touchdown and everything too. That was a bit of a, a defensive last by Ramsey again, as far as I was concerned on that touchdown pass to Davis. Um, yeah, I mean, you obviously are going to play him. You know, coming off of a game like that, so uh, I'll bump him a little bit. But I'm still not ready to believe that he's in that strong wide receiver two range. Um, let's get to the running backs though for a second because I'm high on Singletary and he didn't do too bad. But Zach Moss was way more involved than I thought he would be, and maybe that's because James Cook, you know, in his only touch of the game fumbled and that was early in the game. And I just think that they decided he's not he's not coming back in.
0: Well, so. James, or not James, I'm sorry. Zach Moss came in way before that even happened and solidified yeah, he that was, he was the number two back way before that first, happened. He was so, in on the
1: first drive for like almost half the drive at least. So yeah, I could just tell right off the bat, even though Singletary had a couple good runs on that first drive, I was like, man, Moss is in here more than I was expecting. He ended yeah. up with six targets, caught all six of them.
2: Yeah, he looked uh, he looked great. He, he was aggressive out there, running hard uh breaking tackles i thought he was evasive i i thought he looked great out there
1: he didn't do a whole lot in the stat sheet six carries for 15 yards he did have the six catches but only 21 yards and he did fumble so um good not... real
0: life player last night though he was picking up good first downs and yeah i thought stuff i thought like singletary,
1: i thought singletary looked strong too he only had 10 touches though and you know finished with like around what is that like 64 total yards what Singletary's
2: um, got going for him is is both of his backup running backs fumbled in, in the previous game. So I Yeah, both of them. Yeah, That's definitely going to build some momentum um, yeah. going into week two.
1: Yeah, and then we have uh, Josh Allen, who he threw the two interceptions, but he, shit, threw for 297, three touchdowns, and then he yeah. had uh, 10 carries for 56 yards and a touchdown. Ran a little bit more than what he typically does, but you know this was a tough Rams defense. They weren't really letting him have it, so they uh, – he, you know, got that goal line score. That was good to see. Yeah, good stiff arm.
0: Uh um, Yeah. Start I, mean, I the... don't. I really don't have anything else to say other than just keep starting him, and yep. let's move on. <laughs> yeah,
2: agreed. Yeah, Start we big Ma- game ten of ten.
1: We have Isaiah McKenzie who caught a touchdown last night too. But I saw a lot of Jamison Crowder. It seems like they're still battling for that slot job. So right now they're both kind of just like low end stashes. Maybe McKenzie's uh, a little higher because he's the one who caught the touchdown. But neither of them are doing much. And Dawson Knox. Two targets, only caught one of them for five yards. I, mean, I was not high on him anyway. Uh, not that I was really down on him, but this was certainly a clunker game. Uh, so he kind of basically kind of same, nothing really to gleam here. just had a bad game. It'll probably be the same old Dawson Knox of just mid, mid to tie in, tied into something like that.
2: Yeah, I think so. I, I personally think so.
1: All right, well, um, I'm glad that we're over with that so we can move on to the previews. Um, I think the Rams will have better weeks, but that's shitty the losing, Rams, your week. losing. your week opener, man. Like yeah, Thursday night they had The Rock out there doing the preview. They had Andrew Whitworth. Odell Beckham was on the sideline, you know, they're unveiling the uh the banner from the for the Super Bowl win from last year, and then you lose thirty one to ten. It's just ugh.
2: They don't look like the Super Bowl champions, and it looks like Matt Stafford's uh, issues that we've been hearing about over the offseason with him having um, elbow issues comparable to an MLB pitcher, um, this looks like it affected him a little bit more than I um, may have initially thought.
0: That was something I was worried about. I think I did say that, um, but I don't know. Here we are. Are, are we going to believe it now, or we going to give him one more week?
1: I get some time. Bills mm, defense, more time, is, I guess. Bills yeah. defense is elite.
2: Yeah.
1: All right, so let's jump into the afternoon games. We have Kansas City Chiefs at the Arizona Cardinals, and right off the bat, um, so Rondell Moore is out this week, uh, sustained a hamstring injury during practice. They're already down. DeAndre Hopkins, Zach Ertz, I think, is uh, scheduled to play, but he's been on the injured list too. He's considered questionable. Um, I think he was limited as of today, in practice. Uh, Cannon, uh, any? Are you, are you still high on Marquise Brown this week? I feel like he's got a chance to dominate targets here in Week One, especially I... the. the against the chiefs. They, they did, they don't have top corners. You know, this is a, this is a blow up game for Marquise Brown potentially.
2: Yeah, I'm definitely high on Marquise Brown week one. In fact, I'm high on Marquise Brown all season, but um, I think he's going to be the wide receiver one this year. Even when Deandre Hopkins comes back, Deandre Hopkins is starting to get to that age um, where wide receivers start to go downhill. Um, Marquise Brown has that relationship, the chemistry with Kyler Murray, uh, their buddies. I think that he's going to be a target hog this year. They have a lot of mouths to feed there, but not much talent. And I don't think that's comparable to Marquise Brown. So definitely him. I think he's a high-end wide receiver, too, this week.
1: I think he's got wide receiver one potential. That's just me. Uh, Garrett, do you think that A.J. Green is worth a speculative dart throw?
0: Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, definitely. Um, A.J. Green, there's probably, let's see, one, two – Behind Brown, Ertz, uh, and maybe Connor. Uh, I don't know about Connor being too much in the past game, but, I mean, I would throw a dart at um, AJ Green, like, in DFS or something like that.
1: Yeah, I think that he could be, like, a flex play this week. I don't think we should expect too much from him. He's 34. He's kind of been getting worse and worse every year, so... Um, it's kind of sad to see him at this point because he was so dominant at one point, and now we're talking about him as like barely rosterable in fantasy. But um, this week, yeah, right, yeah. There's other guys. It happens too, you know. T.Y. Hilton's sitting out there as a free agent, you know. Yeah. Um, A.J. Green, though, yeah, I'd say he, maybe he's got some flex appeal this week. You get desperate, you know, you could throw him out there as a flex. I think that Zach Ertz is going to be the main beneficiary of. Uh, Rondell Moore being out just feels like they made an effort to get him really involved last year, had a lot of targets and a lot of games. I think that this could be that for him as long as he plays, which looks like to be the case. I just think AJ a a. Green though, to run the ball.
0: Um, with the score potential, like it could get out of control. So AJ Green has, you yeah, know, he's got the opportunity.
1: Touchdown. Yeah. only fish three catches for, you know, 30 yards, but it could be with a touchdown. Yeah. Yep. Like that's, that's usable. Um could be better than that too. Even if I'm just saying like in a reasonable scenario, we still worth a decent amount uh, for the week only probably. And then we'll see what happens with Rondell Moore. Um, James Connor right now. He is at set at 52 and a half rush yards over under. I uh, can what do
2: you. Around this? I think he hits the over as well. I like James Connor. I don't think he has much competition and I think that they're uh, going to need to rely on the run this year. So um definitely would take the over on that and starting him um as as an RB1.
0: I think he has zero competition. I mean you. if you consider Eno, Benjamin or Williams or Ingram competition. Yeah. There I don't see anyone like competing to take really too many touches away from him and no. especially not at the goal line. So James Conner plug and play him.
1: Yeah, I think that Eno you know, Benjamin is somewhat... like you know keep him on the end of your of your bench if you can because we might end up seeing a little bit of a committee but they paid james connor to be the number one back coming off of his pro bowl season um he was someone that was more touchdown dependent but he scored a lot of touchdowns so i think you can basically bank on some you know one to two for him this week alone um i think he can rush yards too i think he's he's good enough to do that um Kyler Murray, he's set for two 57 and a half pass yards, but we know he's gonna run the ball a little bit too. Uh Garrett, you uh you firing Kyler Murray up as a QB one this week. He's probably QB one most weeks, right? Uh, yeah,
0: he's qb one most weeks. And like I just said about the score uh with the potential to get out of control. Um I just like the opportunity for Kyler Murray to throw touchdowns and throw for some yards. So there's just too much offense.
1: Yeah, I think that uh, it could be a good old shootout, yeah, with he and Mahomes. So go ahead and fire up Kyler Murray as, your, as a QB1. On um, to the Chiefs, though. So we have Mahomes who's projected for 287. Obviously, he's a threat to break that every week. Um, but I'm curious, Cannon, who you think out of these receivers who's going to break out? Because Mahomes just said something the other day about how it's going to be different guys potentially every week. Do you have a breakout candidate for the – for the Chiefs set uh, wide receiver against the Cardinals?
2: I think uh, Juju Smith Schuster is going to end up being the most productive. But I will say it is, uh, that's a, definitely a guess. And I really do think that it's going to have to be a wait and see thing on the Chiefs wide receivers. So I would say starting any of their wide receivers is a gamble. But, um, you know, it can definitely throw the ball around. Oh, and, sh- uh, sorry,
0: I was yawning at that. That was a chock, <laughs> that was a chalk take. Juju smith Souster. Sure? I, I couldn't even say his name right. <laughs> what about him? I said that was a chalk take
2: for a, a breakout. Take.
0: That's what everyone thinks. Everyone thinks Juju's gonna break yeah, out. Yeah, but yeah,
2: I w- I would agree with that. Um, but I just think that's because there's probably not much confidence. You know, Marquez Valdez Scantling played with Aaron Rodgers for several years when they were in need of wide receiver help. So you got to think that you know if the guy was. Was talented or enough to be a productive fantasy wide receiver for you? He could have done that under Aaron Rodgers. So for me, it's kind of hard to to project him into being a productive wide receiver in the Chiefs' offense. But well, but, that's but, just but, my but but opinion. Sky Moore, dog. Sky Moore, what are you talking about, dude? He's buried on that depth chart, man. I'm
0: just playing with you.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: I I think that uh, the main beneficiary, honestly, probably just Travis Kelsey, probably just gets more receptions instead of it being spread out between uh, some of these receivers. I think that they're all just going to cap their upside every week. If you're in PPR, Juju Smith-Schuster is probably the guy because it seems like he's got the slot rolled down. The the offense should look a lot different without Tyreek Hill there. It's going to be a little bit more where, yeah, instead of going vertical – very you know all the time it's going to be a little bit more of spreading the field horizontally and juju should theoretically be able to help with that valdez scantley though got like four three speed and uh even though he was on the packers when they could use a strong second receiver aaron Rod- aaron rogers basically just threw to Devonte adams 15 times a game anyway so if they really are going to spread this ball out a little bit more i think that I'm playing him as like a. You probably got him as like a fourth or fifth receiver. You could play him as like a mid flex, but I think he could absolutely put up wide receiver three numbers this week and just. A, um, but Juju's probably the one that's going to rack up more consistency in PPR. I'm out on Hardman and Sky Moore. Like they're going to probably cancel each other out. Um, I, I if Hardman was going to do it, he would have done it by now, and they drafted Sky Moore. So I don't have high hopes for that. Yeah, like I said, I think Travis Kelly ends up being the main beneficiary. He's just going to be leaned on that much more in the passing game. And while he's there at the end of his career, still balling out. Like we could see like a Gronk-like season, you know, back in early Gronk's career before he started getting hurt. I don't think that'd be out of the range of uh, possibility.
0: We've also talked about Clyde Edwards-Lair taking a step forward this year too. So um, there's there's touches to be had there potentially.
2: Big fan of CEH this year. I think he's gonna go What's off.
1: It, this, this week against the Cardinals where he got him like a
2: three high end RB2. High RB14, RB15.
1: Okay, that's a little higher than probably what most people would say, but I respect it. He's got some appeal as like a guy that could catch some passes and stuff too. At the end of the day, like none of these backup running backs, Ronald Jones didn't have a great campus by all nope. indications. Isaiah Pacheco's round rookie from Rutgers. We just don't mm-hmm. know. Zero there
2: faith were... in him. Yeah. yeah, I
1: just have a seventh round rookie establishing a right off the bat. It's possible, but I wouldn't say likely. And Jarek McKinnon, the wheels fall off every year. He's just got that bad knee ever since he jacked it up years ago, and he's got to be maintained, and he's just never going to be reliable. I would not count on him being the goal line back either. He's not particularly big. I guess neither is Edward Solaire, but you know, he's gonna get all the touches in between the twenties. Uh, he should get most of the catches, and then maybe Ronald Jones. He's kind of the well, even he's only two o five. Like you know, Pacheco might see some because he's two sixteen.
2: Um, I think those are all just more change of pace. Yeah, pilots. they're think, just yeah, if that's you, just if you project issue. if you project Clyde Edward hilaires fantasy points across a full season last year, he's like RB sixteen. He's a mid RB two. So I I think that. Uh, taking Tyreek Hill out of the offense is, is legitimately taking a dimension out of their offense. And that's going to have make them spread the ball around a lot more than they used to have to. Um, so I think that he's going to be a beneficiary of that as well.
1: Let's go ahead and move on to our next game, which is the green Bay Packers at the Minnesota Vikings and red. If he was here, we would, uh we probably make him wait to go first since he's a Vikings fan. So, Cannon, since you're the one that's filling in for red, I want Garrett to go first. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, um, baby. Garrett, what do you think about the Vikings this week? Because, you know, we've talked a lot about the new coach. They've uh, got some some of the top. I think it's another game that
0: is uh, another high-scoring potential game where these offenses – Both have potential to have good numbers on both sides. Um, I am high on Mr. Kirk Cousins and his two little receivers there, Mr. Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Um, So I expect uh, good things out of him this week.
1: Yeah, I think that Kirk Cousins, we've talked about him as like a sleeper QB1. 75 and a half. I'd say that those are pretty close to QB1 numbers if that's his over under. Um, you know, I could see him finishing as a, a top quarterback. Now, the Packers do have a solid defense. They've got some good defensive back, safeties, all that. But um I don't know. Canon, you 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 game this week?
2: Yeah, I am buying the Vikings best game. I like Adam Thielen, I like Justin Jefferson. Um, don't like Groff Smith very much, but I think you start both of those wide receivers. Um, Adam Thielen Potentially, uh, you know, wide receiver three or flex position.
1: I see Thielen. He's got 49.5 receiving yards, you know, is this over under. But with Kirk Cousins at 275 pass yards, it's like, well, how many? Yeah, he's only got so many yards to go around. Well. So, like, right. I'd, I'd definitely be hitting the over on Thielen. Uh, Justin Jefferson, 0. .5, 80, 81 receiving yards is a lot. But he's kind of got that. Even before this coach came along, he he's getting targeted like almost like Cooper Cup like. And then you bring over the offensive coordinator from the Rams, you just know that this guy's gonna get the ball quite a bit. So yeah. hit the over both of these guys. I am with you on the tight end. And I just I keep projecting the Rams offense to the Vikings. I'm sure there are gonna be different differences, but yeah, Higby has typically never been a big factor in the past game. Irv Smith will probably not be super relevant. I will hold on to him as like a, you know, still young and he's talented when he came out of uh, of Alabama. He's had some bad luck with injuries, some coaching. Um, If there's any time for him to break, this would be the year. So if you got him as a cheap second tight end, don't start him yet, but just hang on and see what happens. Uh, Garrett, the run game, Dalvin Cook is at 70.5 rush yards over under... 70.5?
0: 70.5? Yep. He's going to um, be in the
1: past game too. Like this yeah, is yards.
0: Yeah, that's uh that's close. I'm going to take the under and um I think he's going to get
1: 69. <laughs> nice. Uh <laughs> um, I think that we could see like yeah, like a 60 60- 60 receiving yards kind of game. Um, depending on how this goes, I could see it definitely becoming like a getting out of hand, being a division matchup week one. Um, Vikings looking good. Uh, Cannon Dalvin Cook, 70 and a half rush yards.
2: I got to say under as well. I uh, Packers have a good defense, and yeah, I think they... that they're going to put some points up, and Vikings are going to be forced to throw the ball.
1: Packers took two first round defensive players both out of Georgia, a defensive lineman and a linebacker I I'm, I'm curious to see how they'll transition to the NFL in their first game but coming off of that national champion team Georgia that that defense was clearly the show. so right in addition to the guy J.R. Alexander Daniel Savage they got uh Kenny Clark like there are all kinds of guys on this they defense that are, that are like superstars or potential to be like Rashad G- and He's like, he's, he's the kind of finally broke camera. out a little bit. Yeah. I was like, he kind of broke out last year, but I think this year is like where he goes at the pro bowl potential all pro. Yeah. So, uh, he came in as a 20 year old at Michigan. So he was real raw. He kind of didn't know exactly where to put him right away, but he's really found a nice role in that defense. All right. Uh, yep. Let's get, let's get to, uh, the Packers side of the ball and let's start with the running backs and Ken, why don't you just go ahead and keep running with this? Uh, cause we have, Jones at 51 and a half and then AJ Dillon at 47 and a half. We definitely know that th- both of these guys are going to be involved. The coaches have said it, uh, that it's more of like a one A and one A kind of thing. thing. it's really not even a one A and one B type situation. What do you expect out of this uh, run game this week against the Vikings?
2: I think I would take the over on that for Aaron Jones. And I think I'd take the under for AJ Dillon. I think, uh, I like Aaron Jones this year. Um, a little bit more than I like AJ Dillon. Um, even though, AJ Dillon's probably going to get more of those goal line touches. I just think that Aaron Jones has just always been really talented. Always has had a solid yard per carry and I think they're just going to use him probably more in a 60-40 role. Um but yeah, I think you fire both of them up either way. I think Aaron Jones is probably a low end RB1 and uh, AJ Dillon's probably a, a low end RB2.
1: I don't know what to expect here. Like I think Aaron Jones is like the more like proven but they've talked up AJ Dillon catching passes and he made like very significant steps in that area last year. So, uh, I mean, we're kind of just begging on
0: Dylan, Dylan getting a touchdown, right?
1: No, I think he's still going to be to, to, to before they get to the red zone, but he's a better bet for a touchdown is my guess. His size is just, so overwhelming but aaron jones you yep. know he's caught passes there at the you know close to the red zone as well too over the course of his career so if they could decide to do some swing passes or they get him involved like he could be scoring a lot of those short touchdowns too I've, i'm just I think... really curious to see what this offense looks like because like the chiefs they're kind of transitioning to something way different without devontae adams they didn't exactly replace him uh Le- alan lazard is uh doubtful so consider him out for this game we probably should right from the beginning but um, yeah, especially with the wide receiving core a little banged up and stuff, I think we're gonna see a lot of this this run game, but it's still Aaron Rodgers, he's still he's still get his, we or at least we expect him to, yeah, absolutely. So Rodgers is seven and a half. Uh, I kind of feel like he could finish right around that, like you know, 50. So maybe I'll say a little bit lower just because I think that the run game has potential to be strong. Uh, Garrett, out of these wide receivers, we got Sammy Watkins, Randall Cobb, Romeo Dubs. Looks like he's going to start. Christian Watson will certainly play, but Lazard's doubtful. Robert Tunyon's off the injured list officially, so we know he's going to play. Just lump all these guys in there together. Which one of these are you playing? Um.
0: Um. Next. <laughs> no. Uh, no! I'm just kidding. Um, I like Randall Cobb just because of the connection that him and Rogers have. Um, Sammy Watkins has just burned me too many times, but he could do it, I guess. And Romeo Dubes has uh, the potential to break out or like he has the upside. So like your safe pick is probably Cobb upside is Dubes, but I think everyone thinks that too.
1: Sammy Watkins, the last three years, week one. In 2019, nine catches, 198 yards, and three touchdowns. In 2020, seven catches, two yards, and a touchdown. Last year, four catches for 96 yards, had eight targets. Got a knack for being good in week one. And with the receiving core a little banged up here, and again, without uh, without Devontae Adams, I think that Sammy in line for a big week one role. I'm not saying to bank on this throughout the year because usually he has that big week one and then he disappears, but I'd say that Watkins can be a wide receiver three this week. You could definitely play him as a flex or like a wide receiver four If you got him cheap enough, he's, he's going like at the end of drafts and then Robert Tunyon, if he's fully healthy, he's off the injured list. He's not the big reception guy, but he catches touchdowns a lot. That's what he's typically done. So, um, He could be a good bet for a touchdown in a game where they're lacking on some of their veteran receivers.
2: Yeah, I think it's uh, week one is going to be very telling for the Packers offense. And, And if you can avoid starting any of really anybody other than both of their running backs, then I would probably do make that move just because I think we'll kind of find out who Aaron Rodgers is going to give that volume to. Um, week one I, it wouldn't surprise me if Sammy Watkins had nine targets or if he had one target and I could say the same about really everybody on their offense again other than their running backs so if you have the luxury of not starting one of those players you probably want to do that
1: I think that's what I'd be doing uh, Randall Cobb I kind of gave it up after last year maybe because oh, the, you gave the, it it's up. a little thin
2: after last year.
1: I uh I, I uh I had him on a b- couple of rosters but I dropped him. He just wasn't doing an- some injuries last year too at a certain point and Randall Cobb didn't step up. So, so I'm I'm kind of out on Randall Cobb, but uh he does if if, if you were It'd be the week. All right, uh next game we have the Las Vegas Raiders at the LA Chargers and it says that we've got rain, but I think the LA it's not like quite a dome, but it's covered, so the rain shouldn't make a difference.
0: Uh, I don't think there's gonna rain any anyways down there. Oh At least it's my gonna that's rain. What my brother said.
2: It's it's going to rain. Rain touchdowns from Justin Herbert, baby. <laughs> yeah, right. Come All right, on, Cannon, Well, there. why don't you
1: jump in? Yeah, since uh, since Garrett's the Raider fan, you get to go first this time, Cannon. All right,
2: well, first off, you know, the Raiders are going to get destroyed by the Chargers in this game. But this is a fantasy podcast, so we'll stick to fantasy. Um, Justin Herbert, <laughs> elite QB1. Um, I, I think that you're, you're definitely firing him up. No question about that. He's going to have a good game. Um, one and a half. I'm... Taking the, the over Under. against the Raiders on this one. I'm taking the I over. I, I think I would, too. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game, and I think uh, Justin Herbert's going to light it up and pick up right where he left off from last season. Um, so, yeah, that's that's not even a question.
1: The receivers, because Keenan Allen are at 71-and-a-half. Mike Williams, 56-and-a-half. Um, Gerald Everett's even got something here at 34-and-a-half. Feels like all these guys could break that.
2: Yeah, I don't really know about Gerald Everett. I don't think I'm starting him. I think there's probably better options. Yeah, yeah, he's find. like a I mean, if second tight end most likely for yeah, most teams. Yeah, for sure. I think you just need to see more. He he had some good opportunities and dropped some touchdowns last year. Um, but anyways, I think Keenan Allen is is definitely uh, going to have a good game, good season, and and Mike Williams as well. I think that um, you fire both of these guys up. Probably Keenan Allen for me is a low-end wide receiver one, and and Mike Williams is a high-end wide receiver two. Um, is that
1: uh, just because like Keenan Allen's more the PPR guy and Williams is the touchdown guy?
2: Absolutely, I would say in a, in a standard league, I'd probably take them, put them in reverse order. Uh, but Keenan Allen is, is Mr. First down and he's super reliable. He had some injury concerns earlier on in his career, but he's been pretty steady since. Um, yeah, he's just the, the most, one of the most, uh, quarterback friendly wide receivers in the league.
1: Garrett, what do you think? We got, uh, uh,
2: you're going to have to break down the Raiders. Oh, the the Chargers are gonna break down the Raiders. <laughs> I'm gonna break well, you do we... down, Cannon. <laughs> Fantasy football. Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> uh,
1: so Austin Eckler, he's projected for 60 rush yards. Again, he's like one of these like hybrid guys that could do a little bit of both. Um, I don't know. I don't think he's he he's got a receiving line, so you know, at least not here on sleeper. Um, what do we expect out of him? He's he was like a five fantasy pick in this league so he's certainly Over-on-one. you're 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 playing him in on uh you know as your rb1
2: yeah i agreed i think you know you drafted him as a top end running back and i think he's probably going to give you production like a top end running back um uh, doesn't really always have
0: seem to give up running back points always yeah, and Eckler is yeah. just a stud
2: so he really is and he doesn't have much competition behind him so again um easy fire up and and realistically Every position on the Chargers is except for the tight end position. Just set it and forget it.
0: Put some respect on the Raiders. Cannon, side bet
2: on the side. All right, (laughs) right, shoot me a text, bro. Got you. Um, But yes, uh, Raiders being realistic now. I actually do like Derek Carr a lot this year. I think he is like a QB8, QB9 this year. Probably has his, his best season of his career. So um,
1: he's at two sixty
2: six, then I'd remember take... that the
1: Chargers are missing. They're missing J.C. Jackson, the yes, high-priced corner that they signed from uh, New England.
2: Yep. Yeah, so I'm probably taking the over on this as well. It's really easy for me to kind of pencil in some yardage and see how they could get there. You know, it's, it's not crazy to think Devonte Adams could have a hundred yards. Darren Waller could have seventy. You know, Hunter Renfro could have sixty, and and it's like, man, you're twenty yards away from your goal. So I think you um, take the over on that one and. You're definitely firing Derek Carr up this week against uh, what's projected to be a high scoring game.
1: So Adams is at 78.5. Renfro's at 47.5. I feel like we could probably bank on more from Renfro. Waller's at 48.5. I kind of feel like it. Gary, you've been a little quiet because I know we're talking Raiders. You're going to give us our chance to go. But why don't you, why don't you chime in here? Which of these receivers uh, do you like outside of Adams this week?
0: outside of Adam, obviously Renfro, like that's an easy. Well, uh, I mean, like I'm concluding
1: their <laughs> conversation.
0: Yeah, still. Uh, I think Renfro is still an easy, um, easy guy to target. I, I really think that
1: they're so 47 and a half over or under
0: over. I think they're going to okay. lean to take away Waller, um, and Adams and, you know, kind of see what Renfro could do against them. Um, that would be my guess, if I was the defense, take away the two best guys. Um, but, yeah, I would take – take Riffro. I think Riffro is going to uh, kind of surprise people this week or maybe boom.
1: Yeah, he's someone that I just – I look at – Forty-seven and a half number. I have a hard time believing that he's only going to get that much. So I think that you could, if, if you're playing the game, you could hit the over on that. He should be like a strong PPR wide receiver three this week. Um, he finished like as a wide receiver one last year, it feels like, or something like that. Something close to that. Yeah. He was number 14 in standard 11 in PPR. So um, I'm. Yeah. He's nicknamed to...
0: third and Renfro for a reason.
1: Right. So, uh, just so you won't get this joke here, but canon no matter what uncle lewis always refers to hunter renfro as chris renfro we always about that. <laughs> nice. nice he'll correct himself he would be going hunter Ren- uh i mean chris renfro. that's funny so um what about
2: matt collins no love for matt collins
0: i like matt uh, collins but not as anything like kind of serious and it's hard to project what he's going to get every every week and the same with the
2: tyron johnson
1: he's never done anything
2: Huge I, I personally special think teams guy. Though. I think Matt Collins is honestly amazing. I think as he's a, an amazing person and a, he's... And a human. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Casey. Me and we're on the same I'm page. A dolphin. Here. <laughs> yes, actually, he was actually. I, I will say, like, I watched. I believe every single Dolphins game last year. In the limited, you know, playing time that the guy got, he he really impressed me. And, he, and if you go watch his film, he's actually pretty damn talented. He makes some some solid jump catches. So. He never He reminds me of like Zay Jones, but like probably a little bit be- better, better version. Yeah. He's like a
1: DFS yeah. guy that no one's going to play, so you might catch lightning in a bottle, but he's nobody to rely on. I don't think he's going to be someone yes. that you're picking up anytime soon. 1000%. But yeah, like Josh Jacob's baby. He's a sh- He's like a mid RB2 for me. Yeah, I just I need to see how this backfield's going to shake out. I mean, on paper, Abdullah, Zemir White, Brandon Bolden, this is not a whole lot to compete with. So you'd like to think that he's going to get some touches, but the way he was weight, uh, the way he was used in the preseason and just stuff that we've heard about Abdullah, maybe being involved as a receiving back or maybe even Bolden. I don't know. It just kind of lowers his floor, uh, lowers the ceiling for me. So I'm calling him like a mid RB two this week until I see a little more.
2: Yeah. I think he's a mid RB two as well. Um, he, he played pretty solid last year. So I think that it's, um, A lot of people think that the coaching changes are going to really affect him this year, but, you know, even if they do kind of have that new England philosophy with their running backs, then I think it still makes some sense to pound him into the ground before you you release him next year. So we'll see what happens with Josh Jacobs.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Kind of like what the giants are probably going to do with Saquon Barkley, which happens to be our next game, the New York giants at the Tennessee Titans. This is another game that says it's supposed to rain. So this is not in a dome. It would be outside, I made that mistake earlier, right? <laughs> what the what game was that? I can't remember. Something about being in a dome when I was talking about it potentially raining. Um, so we have the Giants at the Titans. And let's just kind of start off with Barkley. Kind of transition like how we were just talking about Josh Jacobs. You know They could just drive him into the ground before he hits free agency. I think the same thing could happen with Barkley, except he's a way more talented running back with arguably a better offensive line than the Raiders. The Raiders do not look like they have a strong offensive line this year. You would absolutely expect Barkley to be the focal point of the offense this year. However, he does have a, uh, on paper, tough matchup against the Titans. You guys firing him up as an RB1 or an RB2 this week?
2: He's an RB2 for me. I am not a big believer in Saquon Barkley. This year, I think that uh, he wasn't very good last year, um, and I think that nothing's really going to change from that. He hasn't really been very productive for a couple of years now, and and I think you said something, you know, that the Giants' line is bad, arguably better. And I would say that's very arguable because um, I think I would rather have the Raiders' offensive line over the Giants. They are just pretty terrible. Um, I know that they're drafting players and they're trying to fix it, but um yeah not a big fan of them
1: i think that he could be an rb1 just about every week but i don't like this titans matchup so he has no um, one
0: behind him to like
1: get, yeah uh, i mean matt Breida. he was like the number four running back
2: <laughs>
1: he's got a better yeah he also doesn't have
0: a quarterback you're right the,
1: the, big thing, <laughs> the big thing i think that limits is yeah we got to see what the quarterback does and he's projected. For 230 pass yards, I think it's going to be under. I don't like this group of receivers very much. Even Kadarius Tony, who I want to like in real life, eh, I don't know. Like, I just he's he's already dealt with some injuries. He's known for being a little bit like in the off season. There was talk that he might get traded, like because the team was a little bit unhappy with him. Kenny Galladay looks like the most overpaid player in the league right now, other than Blaine Gabbert, which any penny he earns is is ridiculous. Um what's Daniel Jones's uh
0: completions over under?
1: Uh does it show me that? I don't think it shows me that. Six. Oh, oh there it is. Okay. Um says 20.5 completions.
0: 20 completions. No way.
1: No, no, I don't like that against this Titans defense.
0: No, there's no way. There's 20 completions in that set of receivers, even so, adding Saquon. one.
1: So if you are going to throw a dart, it's probably a Tony. I would not be playing Robinson or Galladay. Shepard's, uh, I think, off the injured list. Um, I think that he's someone that could develop into like a low end, reliable receiver, like receiver three flex kind of guy. But uh, I'm not playing him this week. And then they're starting tight ends—a fourth-round rookie, Daniel Bellinger. I don't want nothing to do with him either. Um, I heard—I didn't really hear a lot of good things about him actually in camp. He's just kind of there at the top of the depth chart because they got nobody else. So I'm out on basically the entire pass game, including Daniel Jones. I'll play Barkley as like a—you—you could have got him as an RB one or an RB two, depending on how you did your draft. Um, I—you're firing him up this week, no matter what, because he's got a chance to have one of the highest volume. Uh, roles in the league in week one basically any week he's healthy he's got a chance to be you know a league leader in touches that week so um, i'm firing him up but you might want to um, not expect a real big game because these titans do look look pretty strong Um speaking of the titans so Tannehill, starting quarterback i feel like he's Same as he's always been. Maybe he's got a better matchup with the Giants this week. You know, their defense was actually not bad last year, but still some coaching turnover, a lot of roster turnover. So um, he's projected for 216. That feels pretty low, but that's because Derrick Henry's projected for 99.5 rush yards. It's like as high as an amount you'll almost ever see. And I think that I will hit the over on that because he is still the focal point of this offense, especially after trading A.J. Brown. Uh, Cannon, what do you think? Not Over, under 99.5 rush yards for Derrick Henry.
2: Um, I'm taking the over on that. I, I love Derrick Henry this year. Uh, he was on fire last year before going down with injury. I think they're going to need to rely on him more than ever. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, on, I'm in on the over. If he's healthy, 100 yards he basically Yeah, five straight every game. games
1: over 100. Yeah, yeah open, no problem. To open the year last year, right?
2: Right. The Uh, guy only played eight games. Yeah.
1: I think it was Mike had, or someone had brought up that stat at like, at some point, like three weeks after he got hurt, he was still the RB one. Like, I think people forget that. Like he was, he would have
2: been the RB one if he, if if he He would have have passed. Yeah.
1: He would have been the RB one and the RB two by himself. Like he was on pace for something ridiculous. He was going to run for 2000 yards and 30 touchdowns. So
2: that's insane. Yeah. I, I, hey man,
1: he's only a year removed from that who knows maybe with the foot. Hopefully that doesn't linger but um I I'm I'm good on Derrick Henry this week. I think everyone yeah. pretty much can be against the Giants. Yeah. Um, oh, Garrett Bobby Trees maybe or going to say Garrett? Yeah. You I, don't like, even
0: it, live in the forest.
1: <laughs> he uh he's at 51 and a half receiving yards. I'm not believing Traylon Burks till I see it and I don't like uh, Westbrook Akeen as a fantasy receiver this year. I don't like Austin Hooper as a fantasy receiver. I feel like this is a Derrick Henry show. There's only room for one solid receiving option for fantasy, and everybody else is taking a back seat. That that guy should be Burks eventually, but I think for now it's going to be Robert Woods. So I throw him out there as like a mid flex, like a wide receiver four.
0: Yeah, I think Grant Tannehill's going to throw for like 180 yards, maybe <laughs> like <laughs> just enough to move the offense down the field. They're there. not
1: going to struggle against the Giants. They are going to beat yeah. them
0: easily. So They're going to get Derrick Henry down the field. Like It's going to be an easy game.
1: Yeah. Yep. All right. So uh, let's move on to the Sunday night football game. We have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Dallas Cowboys. This should be a fun one. We've got Tom Brady coming out of retirement. He was retired for what, like 30 days, 40 days, something like that. So he comes back with... And a
0: week vacation in the middle, biatch.
1: All right, He got like an 11-day vacation in camps because he went to the Bahamas. Um, He's coming back with a wide receiver core that is loaded. He lost Gronk, obviously. And, you know, I got some guys that can fill in there. But when Gronk misses... But he got Julio. Time, I was say, when Gronk missed time, the Titans didn't usually pick up the slack. The receivers did. So that's what I'm kind of expecting to happen this year. I think one of the coaches even made a comment that they'll probably let some of the uh, tight end production that went to Gronk go to the receivers this year. So Mike Evans still has a chance to be a, probably like a strong wide receiver. One Tom Brady threw for 5,500 yards last year, or something like that. Right. So, I mean, I don't, if he threw for just five, just 5,000 this year, that puts Mike Evans probably as a wide receiver one with a touchdown upside. Yep. Um Godwin is healthy. looks like he's going to play that looks locked in. So, I wonder how many snaps he'll get, but if he's truly healthy and ready to go, then I think you kind of rely on him as they put him in that like T Higgins class. of so like a strong wide receiver too. He can have better weeks than that though, with how much they throw. The real question for me is Russell Gage or Julio Jones. I think they play different roles. I kind of feel like Julio Jones maybe picks up some of that Gronk usage. Maybe they use him as a blocker, you know, cause he's always been a good blocking receiver. He's got good size. Um, he's got the red zone you know, size, even though that the Falcons couldn't figure out how to use him. uh, I wonder if Tom Brady would be able to unleash that. Then Russell Gage has potential to be the slot receiver here. So, Garrett, between these wide receivers, I think we're clearly playing Evans and Godwin, but Jones or Gage, which one do you like?
0: Jones, baby. I've never been too much of a fan of Russell Gage anyways, but uh, Jones is older. I do realize that, but like you said, he has a big body. He's a blocking Kind of guy and i kind of expect him to play maybe inside and be uh a release until they get down to the the end zone and man i don't know between him or mike evans who's it gonna be
1: i mean i think evans is proving it so i'm giving it to him and jones has kind of tended to struggle in the red zone most of his career now again that could have been just you know falcons problems but he had matt ryan thrown to him his whole career so that shouldn't have been an issue um Yeah, there's just a lot of mouths to feed here in in this passing game. I think they could all be fantasy relevant, but I'd say I'd rank them probably Evans, Godwin, and then for PPR be Gage, for Standard, probably be Jones because he's probably a better bet for a touchdown.
2: Yeah, I'm personally out on Julio Jones. I don't think he's got much left in the tank. I think he's washed personally. Um, Even his, you know, it's been two years. The last two years he has four touchdowns um you know he's he's missed time both seasons missed time the season before um so I, I just i'm out on him this year i'll take russell gage over him in both um standard and ppr you guys
1: feel good about Fournette this week uh 55 and a half rushing yards over under against the cowboys
2: Ooh, over will you I'll g that. yeah I'll
1: i'll slam that over he seems yeah. to have that whole job to himself. Rashad White is listed as the number two running back ahead of Gio Bernard, ahead of Kashan Vaughn. So, you know, he's he's supposedly a, a better pass down back than anything. But fournette has been in a, a, a decent pass down back himself. So he could have this uh, job all to himself. I'll hit the over on 55 and a half. Um, Brady at 275 and a half. We're obviously firing him up as a QB1. What do you think?
2: Mm, for me, I think that's a close one, man. That's that's pretty tough. I think you can do it, man. I, 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 think I just don't do know it. if he'll need to. I just don't know if he'll need to personally. I'm not. I'm not too big on the Cowboys this year, um, so I think that they might not need to throw the the ball very much. And I'm not sure if he gets 280 yards just by default.
0: Yeah, probably not necessarily in this game. Uh, Dallas is missing Michael Gallup, so that's a big blow to the receiving core yeah their offensive lines in trouble too it's not what it was
1: yeah and um i don't know if you guys saw this and if you today. watched the
0: rams play last night you know bad offense line means yeah uh,
2: exactly hey shut the
1: fuck up <laughs> uh, so Jalen tilbert um there's a report about him today he's the rookie third rounder that was supposedly going to be a starter for the cowboys i have not been buying that at all uh there was a report today that they wouldn't be surprised if he was inactive tomorrow, like a healthy scratch. Wow! Uh, this is why I actually picked up Noah Brown in a couple of leagues um, over the last few weeks. I don't know if you guys noticed that because I kind of looked at him as like he's the number two receiver till Gallup comes back, which could be next week. But at least in week one, it's just a uh, you know nice option if he has a good game. Maybe that turns into something else. But um, I think that this is going to be mostly Dak Prescott leaning on Ceedee Lamb and Dalton Schultz. And then they're gonna obviously run the ball, but in terms of the pass game, yeah, like Dalton Schultz 49 and a half, CD Lamb, 67 and a half. Prescott's projected for 270 and a half. I don't know. They are playing the Buccaneers. I don't know, Kenny, you said you're down on the Cowboys. What do you think of them this week against the Buccaneers?
2: Um, I think, you know, for fantasy purposes, you know, you're gonna have they're still gonna put up points. Um, but I just think that uh, you know, I think Dak Prescott, you can probably fire him up as a Low-end QB1. Um, Zeke, I'm a little bit higher, I think, on than most people are on him. I, even though I know him and Tony Pollard are trending in different directions. I, again, kind of going back to the run in last year, kind of run him to the wheels, fall off. Let's get what we can out of him. Um, I, and I definitely still think there's some talent there. He was dealing with some injuries last year. What's your opinion on uh, Zeke Elliott G? Zeke, baby. I like Zeke. Yeah. Um... This,
0: I'm more down on Pollard. I think than most people are. I think um, we should run the wheels off of Elliott, and well, actually, now that I say that, is this his last year? No, it's not, right?
2: No, but there's he's just he just Yeah,
0: but um, I like Zeke. Uh, it's hard not to like him. I feel like he's gonna be. Probably a high-end RB2, though.
1: I think that he, yeah, this is not a good matchup. The Buccaneers were a good run defense, I believe, last year. I expect them to be still solid this year. So I'm going to say that Zeke probably hits his over a 46.5 rush yards, but I don't think he gets much more than that. And then Pollard is his 31.5. I'm hitting the under. I don't think he'll do that at all uh cd lamb i think we're firing him up as a wide receiver one right like at least a low end one even in a low end maybe a tough matchup he's got some he's got some upside as just a guy that could hog targets and dalton schultz there's so few good tight ends like he's a locked in five top five guy until until the wheels fall off he he proved it to to me and honestly to everyone last year that he's he's here to stay I'm, i'm a big fan of dalton schultz
2: Agreed. I think he's uh, actually going to build upon last year. I think he's kind of proved himself last year and he's a really reliable option. Uh, he's, on the, like...
1: he's on the franchise tag, so which means he's a free agent again next year. So he's still in a contract here, basically.
2: Yep. Yep. I think they'll be using him quite a bit. Get some good utilization out of him. Yeah, he's yep. in
0: line to have a good day. Uh, Lighten, uh, star year tight end.
2: I did one. Yep. Don't even think about it. All
1: right, last game Monday Night Football: Denver Broncos at the Seattle Seahawks. This one's going to be fun for a lot of reasons. Obviously, we have Russell Wilson coming back to Seattle. Um, it's supposed to rain this game, it says. So, uh, just another one of those. But it's it, it's Seattle, so it's pretty plausible. Uh, yeah, just I hope Gina Seattle Smith. whoops their ass. Yeah, we're going to see Geno Smith as a starting quarterback. You know, no Kenneth Walker yet. Uh, their second-round running back, so Rashad Penny looks to have this job to himself. But it'll be interesting to see what life without Russell, Russell Wilson is like for DK Metcalf and even Tyler Lockett. And in part of that trade was Noah Fant coming over, too. So he's already been playing with some bad quarterbacks. Maybe Geno Smith is another step below uh, yeah. I guess he's got his teammate Drew Locke there too. But yeah. uh, I think it's a step I, up from Drew Locke. Damn. Yeah. Like maybe not Teddy B, but Drew Locke for sure. Yeah. Ah oh, man. It's just hard to get excited about many of these Seahawks. I think Penny could be a decent play just because he seems to be fully healthy. He's got the job to himself. People forget. I think he's um, on sleeper. He's listed at 220. But I just saw something the other day that said he's like more like 232. Like uh, he is a big dude. He's, he's, he's rocked up right now. So. I could see a big week one role for him. Uh, maybe Travis Homer gets involved a little bit. They've shown to use him from time to time. I don't think DJ Dallas will do anything, but I think Rashad Penny could be like a strong RB two this week, but man, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, yeah, like the Broncos, they're, they're dark are not bad. So like, I just have a yeah. hard time getting behind, uh, Yep. Any of these I, guys?
2: I would say definitely start Geno Smith in every league that that's you're you playing against. <laughs> 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 Other than that, yeah. Um, the guy has proven that he's not a fantasy-relevant quarterback. I, I agree with you, Casey, and I think that Rashad Penny um, could be in line for a, a big week and a big workload. Ken Walker coming back off of uh, a groin hernia, thats that's rough for a running back especially getting started Rashad Penny was a first round draft pick and and there's not as he
1: finished the season incredibly strong last year. Oh yeah. We've we've talked about that. Absolutely. last five games last year, he 30 points, 35 points, 22 points. He did have a six game point, the 29 points, like that's league winning upside right there. So
2: if he can get you half of that throughout the season per game, you're going to be in good shape. I drafted Rashad Penny in a lot of leagues. Um, definitely, I think you fire him up in a flex position. If he has to be your RB2, I don't think that's the, uh, the worst situation out there as well.
1: So Metcalf, Lockett, these are guys that are, like, they're obviously pushed down because of the QB situation, so... Dart throws. What are they? Like, dart throw what? Wide receiver three flex? Wide receiver like...
2: three flex. Yep, that's exactly where I'd put them. Yeah.
1: I mean, I hate to push those those guys down that low. Metcalf is projected 55 and a half. Lockett, 48 and a half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I'm taking the under on both of those. <laughs> like, I could maybe see Lockett hitting the over just from, like, a you know, soaking up some slot receptions, but... Uh it's just like, it's hard to get, I wouldn't be playing Noah Fant, that's for sure, you know, you're not playing the third receiving option on this offense, and Geno Smith, like, if you're in Dynasty League, super flex kind of thing, like, he could be a distant third quarterback if you're absolutely desperate, because if you run out of quarterbacks, you know, that's really the only time you could really consider him, like, a, a rosterable option, otherwise, uh, forget about it. He's a solid well, QB4,
2: he's a solid QB4, if you need one.
1: QB4, yeah, like, that's, <laughs> That's pretty low. A yearbook and four quarterback leagues get help. <laughs> <Yeah. Yes. laughs> or drafting a Smith. Yeah. So we have a uh, Denver on the other side, though, and they kind of look like the exact opposite of the Seahawks, where they got too many guys. We don't know who's going to get fed. Russell Wilson projected two fifty-two and a half. I have a feeling he's hitting the over on that. He's going to he's going to light Seattle on fire. They're going to do it on purpose. Like, they're going to make a
2: play to run up the score. So
1: I'm looking forward to this. Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy. Well, we got them both as, like, wide receiver twos until further notice.
2: Um, I think Jerry Judy, I'm going to push him a little down. I think he's more like a high-end wide receiver three for me until further notice. Just haven't seen it out of the guy where I've kind of seen more from Cortland Sutton.
1: So on Sleeper, Judy's actually projected more than Sutton. He's projected 58.5. Sutton is 56.5.
2: Well, Sleeper's wrong. (laughs) <laughs> they are though. They're sleeping see. on Sutton. So yeah, Sutton seems to be
1: like the, like the big play guy where Judy yep. is like the, the slot volume guy. Um, he's not going to only play in the slot. They got KJ Hamler there too. who I think that could, he could make some noise throughout the season. I think he's rosterable, but you, you need to probably wait and see to see, you know, see what his role ends up being. Um, Albert I'd O. To...
0: Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I agree with Canon uh, with dropping Judy down
2: um like
1: we'll call him a wide receiver like a high-end receiver three and we'll call Sutton like
2: a mid two you know you know uh when Russell Wilson got traded to the Broncos there was a quote you know that was going around the web and it said you know uh Russell Wilson was talking about himself and he said God gave me you know my big arm so I could throw the ball deep to Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton. He didn't say Jerry Judy, and, <laughs> and maybe and maybe that seems a little, you know, silly. But t- to be honest, it's kind of like, man, it's it's surprising to hear. Um, you would think, you know, sleepers over there putting him as as the wide receiver one. You know, if that's true, you know, I just I just am yet. At to least see from it. a receiving
1: yeah. yards perspective,
2: like I don't, I didn't look at he the drops the ball else, too but... much. He drops the ball too much.
1: I'm still a believer in Jerry Judy. I think he's got some some strong potential, especially now with a good quarterback. Um, let's get to Albert O real quick. What are we playing him as like you know he, I think he's a decent streamer for week one. He's obviously in that streaming category, but yeah, this isn't a bad week.
2: Yeah. Mid wide receiver two, late wide receiver two.
0: Yeah, it Just could gotta... be a good week for him this week.
2: Yeah. He's got a lot of potential. Now with no, advantage yeah, yeah, he, no, he does, yeah. he
1: does, yeah. Like he's yeah. he's big, but he's fast. You know, he's they even talked about using him at wide receiver a little bit throughout the year. That'd be that'd be interesting. Yeah. Um. So on to the run game because we don't need to talk about Russell Wilson. Obviously, we think he's gonna cook him. Um. Let Russ cook. <laughs> uh. We have Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon though, and Williams is a guy that's been getting all the hype this year. Um. Right now he's got fifty-eight and a half rush yards. So. Over or under, Garrett? Over.
0: That was for uh, Javante.
1: Javante Williams, yes. Yeah,
0: I'll go over. Even, even Melvin Gordon saying like, "Hey, it's this is kind of Williams's backfield." I'm just here to kind of make a g- couple mil. Make. It. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just here so I don't get fined, bro.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm still having a hard time buying the Javante Williams hype, but I did see that comment he made the other day um he's someone that could have league winning upside but i think he could be like a you know one of those guys that you're going to be like why did i spend my second round pick on this guy uh i'd like to see a little bit more out of him this is a good matchup for the entire offense so even if he has a great i guess i need to see what happens it's it's going to depend on like the snap percentage like who knows too. because if the denver gets way ahead then gordon probably plays more than he was going to i think this is a bad week to determine what the rest of the season is going to look like for this backfield, because I expect Denver to just smash Seattle.
2: Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, can't all right. Can
0: agree.
1: So that is the week one slate. If you listen to the first two episodes, that was part three that we just finished. So you're all caught up um good luck this weekend guys if you need any help hit us up on social media facebook twitter all that good stuff and um we will be back probably early next week to go over the games on sunday and then we'll start recommending some guys for the waiver wire things of that nature to get you ready for week two one
2: last piece of advice for all you week one players as well is don't panic after week one don't don't go trading matt stafford if he had a bad game you know, if you want to trade cam makers, you know, that's probably a different conversation. <laughs> yeah. But, we've you been know, saying
1: to do that for a while, but yeah.
2: Give your players some time, give them two to three weeks before, you know, making a big decision on a trade, you know, literally in one of my leagues, Christian McCaffrey cut his chin, I mean, cut his shin the other day and got traded for Deandre Swift. And it's like, you know, that's probably an overreaction. So give it a couple weeks before making a big trade like that.
1: Jeez, man. Someone really traded McCaffrey over <laughs> yeah. that. Damn, yeah man that's an yeah. idiot <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah. i'm sorry if that guy's listening to this podcast dude that's a bad. don't be trade. that guy
2: yeah, yeah dude yeah come on seriously yeah right red. On.
1: yeah yeah speaking <laughs> of red next time he should be back too so if you guys missed his voice uh he'll be back um all right guys well appreciate you guys listening to us uh, drink your milk drink your beer drink your coffee whatever's in your cup and until next time peace out peace
0: ah right. peace